This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in the city of Melbourne. Today's show comes from Darabin Presbyterian Church in Melbourne's Inner North. Today's big question, where can I find peace? We're asking this question today to Grace Bennett. Grace grew up in Melbourne and works at a local primary school in Melbourne's Inner North. She enjoys the outdoors and is unsure about public speaking. And she joins me now for Bigger Questions. Please welcome Grace Brennett. <laughs> so Grace, you're a bit unsure about public speaking and here you are, a live, uh, a live conversation in front of quite a reasonably large crowd here. You feeling okay? Yes, yeah, feeling fine. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. <laughs> Well, to kick off bigger questions, we like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Today, we're talking with Grace Bennett about finding peace. So in today's smaller questions, Grace, I thought we'd test you on how much you know about finding peace in the world. Now, do you feel qualified at all? Not at all. Not at all. Okay, well, we'll, we'll usually try to help our guests pass, so see how we go. Okay, there's two questions, both multiple choice. Okay, question one. According to an article in the Huffington Post, 25 beautiful places in the world to find peace of mind, which of the following was not on their list? Okay, which was not on their list? Was it A, the Tassajara Zen Mountain Center in California in the United States, a Buddhist monastery in the Los Padres National Forest where you can do Zen meditation or soak in the Japanese-style baths? Or was it B, Ainsworth Hot Springs in British Columbia, Canada, where you can do yoga in a sunlit studio with views to the Kootenay Lake? Or was it C, Ilha Grande in Brazil, a pristine 75-acre island with hiking trails, endless miles of white sand beach, and a yoga and detox retreat? Or was it D, Northland Shopping Centre in Melbourne, <laughs> where seven retailers offer massage and day spa treatments to help you find peace of mind, and you can also do your shopping. So which of those didn't feature in the Huffington Post 25 beautiful places of the world to find peace of mind? That, that's a pretty difficult one. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're think, tossing between A and B, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, th I think I'm going to have to wild guess and go with D. D, which yeah. is Northland. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a wild guess. It's a good guess to have <laughs> because that's the right answer. Um, so you don't go to a shopping centre to find peace of mind? Definitely not. No, no. no. Okay. Do any of those other places, they sound appealing to you? They all sound lovely. Yeah, That yeah. sounds like a really good yeah, idea. It was probably a good list then, perhaps, 25. Yeah. yeah. They've, got, they've got 22 other places that you can go to as well. But <laughs> unfortunately, Northland Shopping Centre didn't quite make the list. I'm sure it's a great place to go. I'm sure it was on the short list. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it, was. it was. Okay. You're doing well, Grace. <laughs> so let's go. Question two. According to the Institute for Economics and Peace, which is the most peaceful country on Earth? Is it A, New Zealand, B, Iceland, C, Australia, or D, Bhutan? So which of those, uh, this is probably a bit of a harder question, mm. I'm afraid, but anyway, which of those, which is the most peaceful country on Earth? B. We don't need to give you a chance, Grace, because yeah, that's correct. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Iceland's actually held the, the, that space for 10 years in a row. It has no standing army, navy, or air force. Iceland also enjoys record low crime rates, an enviable education and welfare system and ranks among the best nations in terms of jobs and earnings and a subjective sense of well-being. So Grace, you have given peace a chance for you got two of our two smaller questions right. Big round of applause. <laughs> so Grace, finding peace was a key mm. part of your story. So why don't you, you share your story now? Why don't start at the beginning? What was life like for you growing up? 
Yes, yeah, so I grew up in a very atheist family. Mm-hmm. Um, my family has uh, very strong opinions about disliking Christianity. Yeah, yeah. It was never an option to explore religion. Right. It was always um, God doesn't exist. Yeah. We don't believe in that, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so obviously you didn't explore any anything in particular. No, I didn't. So, yeah. um, like any child, just sort of went along with what, those, um, what, what, they, what my parents yeah. were saying. Is there any particular reasons why that you, you shouldn't explore, or this was not a, a worthwhile option to explore? My family believes that religion can be quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose there's, and there's some degree of truth to that as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so I think that they hold on to examples where religion has been quite. Um, destructive yeah um and that's what they've formed their opinion on yeah so um did you have any religious kind of connections or education or anything growing up no the one semester in high school where we were to study religion i was actually uh traveling with my family so i wasn't in school for that semester okay right um that was my only opportunity to have a formal religious education. Right, and you missed it. And I missed it. Right. Completely. Okay. <laughs> Where were you? Were you at a beach somewhere? No, I was in Europe. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you visit any churches or anything in I Europe? I did. We yeah. went to so many churches, which I was very surprised by, but my um, mum loved the buildings. Right, yeah, okay. She thought yeah. they were beautiful. Yes, yeah, but you didn't listen to anything that was said there or anything like that? No. Yeah, yeah. So, but did you ever think about God or some of the you know, bigger questions of life, perhaps? I did. I remember as a, as a young child asking why we didn't believe in God. Right. You actually asked your parents that yeah, question? I yeah, I did. What was and the response? All the things about okay. um, destruction and oppression and, yeah, all of those things. Uh, and then I remember in primary school I actually became quite interested um, in God for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't, obviously didn't do too much with that at the time. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was certainly always interested and I think because it was such a taboo topic in my family and there's not many of those... Um, I was always quite curious. Yeah, because your family mm. did allow exploration of like they asked big questions and last asked uh, happy to be curious about life, so to speak. Absolutely, I was always encouraged to ask questions, and my parents would try their hardest to answer whatever whatever strange things I decided to ask. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But this was one that wasn't up for d- right. Debate. Well, they, they'd sort of been settled in their minds, so to speak, and, and perhaps in your, in your mind at that time as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then. In year 10, mm. something happened which sort of began a, a quest mm. for you. Yeah. So what happened? So in year 10, I started studying philosophy. Like I remember <laughs> in year 10, uh, well, I'm not sure what sort of high school you went to, but my <laughs> year 10, an English teacher made us play perfect match. So I'm not quite sure. <laughs> what, uh, so philosophy, so yeah. So, so how did you react to playing, to, to studying philosophy? <laughs> I, you, I don't know, maybe you would have preferred perfect match. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Maybe I would have, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, but so how did you react to doing philosophy though? Yeah, I found it really difficult. The first lesson our teacher basically said to us, um, everything that you think you know, you don't know. So you need to get rid of it. And at 16, we just all sort of sat there and went, yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Sure. Um, So it was a very difficult subject and it asked a lot. um, It asked a lot of us. One of the questions that I got really stuck on was the meaning of life, Mm -hmm. um, how to live a good life. Mm. So these were some of the questions that you were exploring in philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. So the meaning of life came up very early on. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of years later, the question of purpose and where that fits in came mm-hmm. up as well. Um, and those were questions that really stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So w- what were the options that were given? Do you remember? 
we spent a lot of time exploring uh, hedonistic lifestyles. So, yeah. what do you mean by that? Like finding pleasure? Yeah. Just so basically, just pleasing yourself. Yeah. Um, being really self-serving. Yeah. Um, Did that appeal to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It seems like <laughs> such an easy way out. The way yeah. to live a good life is to just do whatever I want. Yeah. And, uh, by and then, I was probably 17, 18. It seemed like a really good option. Yeah. And, and it wasn't. <laughs> well, so what, so what you said, so you actually tried living this philosophy and practice, so to speak. Um, I think it was more socially. I just sort of would be quite open. With, uh, I was at a girls' school, mm-hmm. so any drama, I just would be like, oh, don't really care. Like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a terribly caring person mm-hmm. at the time. I um, didn't treat. I wasn't terribly loving towards people, uh, and obviously then. Didn't find much peace. Oh, okay, right. Um, so, so that. in that sense, you were trying to live this philosophy, though, this kind of philosophy yeah. of doing whatever pleased you or made you happy yeah. or yeah. gave you pleasure, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't quite working. No. How, how could you? Not. How did you realise that? I was really unhappy. Yeah. I Even was though you're really pursuing unhappy. happiness, so to Even speak. Even though I was just doing whatever made me happy at the time, overall, I was quite unhappy. Yeah. Mm. So why then couldn't you create your own meaning? Because that's a kind of a popular way of trying to engage the, the meaning of life. Why couldn't you do that? So I instinctively felt that uh, I wasn't the centre of the universe. Right. And there had to be something bigger than what I was. Yeah. Uh, and that I didn't know what that was. Um, and so to create your own your own meaning, your own meaning of life, you'd have to consider yourself the centre right. of the universe. And I didn't think that that was true. You, you actually kind of acknowledge that, even as a teenager. Yes. You kind of recognise <laughs> that. Well, that's kind of somewhat self-aware, I suppose, for, for a teenager. Um, so what then do you think that you were looking for? I was looking for a way to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for truth and something that I could rely on as truth. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so you tried uh, pursuing hedonism mm-hmm. or pleasure yep. and that wasn't quite working. What did you turn to next? So then I just got really confused and <laughs> okay. by then I was in uni. I uh, was studying different theories. Uh, what, were you, what were you studying? So I was actually, I was doing an arts degree and you basically get to do whatever you'd like. Mm. Uh, and so I did a lot of philosophy subjects. Oh, great. Well, so you continue a quest, so, so to speak, from year 10. yeah. Did you, did you call your philosophy teacher and tell them that you'd, <laughs> you know, you'd progressed? Uh, well, he's actually a family friend. All oh, right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I just started studying other theories and still couldn't find anything that made sense right, okay. to me yeah. that would make me happy. Yeah. Mm. So then your spiritual quest sort of took a rather surprising turn, so to speak. So what did you do next? So I deferred from uni at 19 uh, and sort of took a break from thinking about all these big things. Yeah, big Uh, questions. Yeah, yeah, and I turned 20 and sort of, it'll sound really funny to everyone, but I decided that I needed to grow up a little bit. And part of that was... um, sort of recognising that I was 20, I was at the start of my life. I had all these wonderful opportunities and options and I needed to figure out what I wanted to do with those. Uh, And part of that led me back to what what should my purpose be? What's the, what meaning can Mm. I give my life? Yeah. And then you tried something a bit radical. Mm. So what did you do? So I decided that I had looked at 
ancient philosophy and I'd looked at contemporary philosophy. I'd looked at Greek philosophy, American philosophy. I'd looked at Australian philosophy, which is a lot of, oh, she'll be right kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's a very short chapter, is it? Yeah, <laughs> it, is. it doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> no offence to the Australian philosophers <laughs> yeah, out there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd looked into a lot of things, but I realised that I hadn't looked into religion. Okay. And um, that that would probably be a really good avenue to explore. So I got on Google yeah. and Googled what churches were near me. Right. And came along to Darabin. Right. This mm. church here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But why, why church though? I mean, that wasn't one of the options given by the Huffington Post. Uh, and you thought that religion was, you know, as a tool mm. for violence and oppression. And atheist Madeleine O'Murray O'Hare called religion anti-peace. So how did you think that you'd find peace or meaning in a church? I think by then I had very much... Uh, separated myself from some of the opinions that my parents had had. Mm-hmm. So I was very open to exploring something that I had been told was wrong and I'd identified that Christianity was something I had formed an opinion on purely through other people's opinions, not right. through experience, uh, and that it was something that I needed to mm. go So you never actually sort of worked it out for yourself, so to speak? No, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. So you Googled, what did you, do? What did you Google? You Googled... I Googled Presbyterian churches near me. Right. Well, why Presbyterian? Like, what, was there a particular reason for Googling Presbyterian? Yeah, the last connection to religion in my family was Presbyterianism. Okay, right. Yeah. So you thought, okay, I'm going to go back to that vague yeah. route somewhere. Yeah, yeah may yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what about other places to find peace? Like, the, as I said, the Huffington Post suggested, you know, mountaintops, meditation, remote <laughs> islands, long hikes. Did you consider those things as well? Yeah, I, I get, I find a lot of peace in... Um, being out in nature. Yeah. I'm someone who quite likes um, being alone, so right. I don't mind going on, you know, overnight hikes by myself. Yeah. Um, but I can't really spend my whole life wandering around the Otway trails. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed something more sustainable. What was that first experience like, that first church service? You know, because you'd never really been to a church service before. So what was that first experience yes, like? So I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. I was. Um, well, what, were, what were you expecting? I was expecting to um, be quite judged. Yep. I was um, prepared to be quite open that I'd never been to church before. Mm -hmm. I was worried that this would be um, a sticking point for some people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I was very worried about being judged. So when I showed up, I was very nervous, uh, quite intimidated by the whole idea, and then just sort of walked into this room with, all these people who looked really normal <laughs> and there was nothing that was concerning. Right, okay. Um, Did you, were yeah. you conscious about how you were dressed? Yeah, absolutely. So I thought it was going to be quite formal. Right. I was really worried that I would look underdressed or that that would be disrespectful. People right. would find that disrespectful. Um, it really struck me that people had just sort of, they looked like they'd just come along. They hadn't dressed up. They weren't putting on a show They'd just, they'd just come along. So the whole thing wasn't quite what you expected. What else did you experience that night? What else surprised you or what else was your experience? Uh, I was very surprised at how friendly everyone was. Right. I you expected everyone to be oppressive and judgmental yeah, and pushy. Yeah, I thought people were going to be sort of, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> right, okay. um, <laughs> but no, everyone that I spoke to, and I spoke to quite a few people that night, were um, very friendly, had huge smiles on their faces, very welcoming. Uh, yeah, that really took me by surprise. That as took well. you by surprise. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, well done for taking the plunge into the unknown. Now, when you left church that day and you were travelling home, mm. what were you thinking? I couldn't stop smiling. It was one of those um, moments where I just sort of 
yeah, I just couldn't stop smiling. So the first time that I came to church, it was the new uh, the Christmas Eve um, service. Yep. And the sermon sort of was speaking about how Christmas is wonderful. We get to see family who we probably don't see a lot during the year. Um, and there's the things like we have a huge feast and there's presents and all of that. You know, it's mm-hmm. wonderful. But there was a message of focusing on hope at Christmas and I was really impressed that the focus on on a time like Christmas wasn't about materialistic things. Mm, mm. Mm. It was beyond hedonism, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you came back to church. Well well done for coming the first time, but you actually returned. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And how was that? Yeah, good. I think um, I was so curious about church that I just... I didn't really think, oh, should I go back, should I not? I just went back. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I was really intrigued to keep learning and to keep listening to everyone. And Yeah. yeah. And when you kind of continued this, you started reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, again, what did you expect when you opened that Bible? So I expected that it was going to be very outdated. Yep. It's going to be filled with unrelatable stories mm-hmm. and that it was going to be a bit boring. Right, okay. Yeah, um, yeah so I started well, by... That's a, that's a pretty common expectation, though, yes. I suppose, of people under- reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, so I had no knowledge of the Bible beforehand. It was yeah. just assumptions that I'd made. Yeah. Uh, so I started by reading Mark. The Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What did you make of that? Well, I was really surprised by how matter-of-fact everything was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, you know, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And I was amazed on my own, not through the style of writing. I w- didn't feel that it was over the top. Or yeah, it was just plain, so to speak. It was just, yeah, yeah. just telling me what happened. So did that surprise you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What, absolutely. what particularly surprised you about reading the Bible? For the, for, almost for the first time. Yeah, a, for the a, first time. As a mature twenty-year-old. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah it, it just it surprised me that it wasn't um, using sort of persuasive writing. It wasn't manipulative writing. It wasn't anything like that. It was just this happened. Yeah. And this is this is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there about being manipulated or you know, manipulative. Um, was it harder to retain an open mind throughout your quest mm. uh, or were you super critical of everything that you experienced? It was really hard to keep an open mind. I spent all of my time in agnostic circles, yeah. apart from Sunday afternoon at that point um, and later on Wednesday evenings as well. So it was just easier to not think about all the things that I've been learning and what it meant for my life during the week. It was just easier to... Get right, lost yeah. in my yeah. in my old world again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you were trying to be keeping an open mind, though. I was, yeah, and that was part of. I think I think I'm onto something that I should pursue. Yeah. So I'll keep I'll keep going with it. But at the beginning, it was very hard mm. to mm. to do that. So, so how were your family through this process? As you're now coming along to church regularly and joining a yeah. small group on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Uh, were they thinking you'd been brainwashed or that you were becoming some sort of religious nut? Yeah. So my mother on several occasions has expressed concern that I've joined a cult. Right. Um, but um, aside from that, we've sort of agreed in my family not to speak about my faith, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really hard and I'm hoping that that will change. But that's what they need at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a it was a moment of tension, perhaps, as, you were, as you were exploring these questions. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're reading the Bible, reading the Gospel of Mark. You met the character of Jesus 
in the scriptures there. Yeah. What was it about Jesus that attracted you to him? It was the fact that he was meeting these people who he knew that they weren't living holy lives, they weren't living good lives, yeah. and that he loved them anyway unconditionally. He, yeah. he showed them such grace and such love. That's what really attracted That really struck you yeah, and you were re- reading that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus was an impressive character to you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So then as you, were, you began doing this for a couple of months, mm. then you decided to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Was that hard? I think the decision made itself in terms of following Christ. Um, so that wasn't hard. Uh, it was more just realising that that was what was happening. Mm-hmm. The hard part was getting over myself enough to openly follow Christ in in my usual circles. So telling my family and telling my friends. Yeah. Um, really worried about what they'd think about it. And I sort of just had to think about what was more important. Yeah. yeah. Well, how was their reaction? Uh, my family was surprised, yeah. obviously, but my friends were so supportive. All right, that's, yeah. that's really that's really encouraging. Yeah. So then, on the Thursday, the twelfth of April, earlier this year, mm-hmm. you prayed. Yeah. Now, was that a strange or a difficult experience? It was very strange. I'd prayed before then, and I'd always felt very overwhelmed and um, that I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but on this evening. Uh, it was the first time that I'd been able to just clear my mind and talk openly. Yeah, and you talked to, to God. God. Yeah. yeah. And what did you what did you pray? So many things. <clears throat> I was praying to apologize to God for turning away for him from him for so long. I was praying about being so grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus had made uh, and sort of admitting to myself that without Jesus, I I was never going to do enough in my life. I was never, there was never going to be something that would be so amazing that I'd done that could sort of compare with Jesus or Mm. anything like that. So Mm. it was, it was a big, it's a big one. It was a big moment. Yeah. 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 Obviously a very emotional one as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now there is a passage in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament book of Philippians, which talks about peace and prayer. And he writes in chapter 4 in verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Grace, how do you resonate with this passage? This really struck me thinking about things in my life that I'd done that I wasn't proud of Mm -hmm. and knowing that God knew all of those things in complete detail and still loved me and that I would, you know, I would, there would be times in my life where I do other things that I wasn't proud of Mm -hmm. um, and that I could come to him and he would still love me. Um, that gave me such peace knowing that. Mm-hmm. Well, the passage talks about the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So what do you think this is? Is this what you were searching for? Yes, a peace that makes complete sense mm-hmm. and that you can rely on and that will always be there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it is then, this, this peace that transcends understanding? It's the gift that 
Jesus gave us when he died. Yeah. When he died for us and he gave us peace with the Father. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's something that you learned mm. in your yeah. in your quest, so that's to speak, it, and exactly. something that you've now accepted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the, the passage encourages people then to not be anxious, but to pray and the peace of God will help. Mm. So how has this been true for you? This has been so true for me. I have a real tendency to... Uh, feel that I need to be in control of things in my life all the time and when this obviously doesn't happen yeah I struggle a fair bit and so being able to just sit down and pray to God about the things that I feel I'm not in control of and then just remind myself that I don't need to be because he is yeah um, and, that, and that brings peace. Absolutely. Yeah, that transcends understanding. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. right. That's exactly what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So how has this peace of God sort of changed your life? It's really freed me in the sense that uh, now I don't have to feel like I need to be in control of everything all the time and I don't need to be perfect or be coming across as perfect. I'm okay to not be okay all the time. Uh, yeah, so it's been very, very freeing. Yeah, so you mm. found freedom Absolutely. So in, in, the, in this message. Yeah. yeah. Now, the actor Brad Pitt claimed to become more unreligious, and he said, there's peace in understanding that I have one life here and now, and I'm responsible. So why couldn't his philosophy satisfy you? This brings us straight back to being the centre of the universe. So um, his, his idea does work if you're willing to say that you're the centre of the universe. Uh, I don't believe that's true because um, there's Brad Pitt and then over 7 billion other people <laughs> who uh, logically would have to be the centre of the universe. Right. Uh, and that just, that's the end just of that theory. That doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah, yeah. So are you surprised where you are now? Because 12 months ago, you were not even in a church. You hadn't even thought about coming to a church. Yep. Are you surprised where you are now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so surprised. I didn't, even when I started coming to church, I was sort of just wanting to see what the church's take on my questions where I, I had no intention of sort of sticking around and here <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, it's great to have you around <laughs> regularly. Um, so what advice then would you give to any um, spiritual seeker or someone who's struggling to find peace in their lives? Have an open mind. Try to understand the things that you believe are true through other people's opinions mm -hmm. um, and and try to experience things yourself. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even try the Bible. Maybe even try the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and you found that to be a, a yes. source of peace. So, Grace, where can I find peace? You can find peace in God's love for you in that you can trust that that will be forever and that that is because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for mm. you. Yeah, and mm. it's been good for your life. It absolutely has. Yeah. Well, let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, where can I find peace? From Philippians 4, verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Please thank our guest today, Grace Bennett. Enjoy Bigger Questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.